Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. Of course. And that's it! What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. You both know this is completely fucked up, right? Yeah. Of course. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. St. Patty's Day, episode number three. Number three already. Number three. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What does number three have to do with Luck of the Irish? Uh, zero. That was All right. Out. Moving yeah. on. Alan Trammell's number. Uh, the Gold Dust Twins. Yeah, here we go. Um, so welcome back to Top 5 for Fighting podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Mike, and my sidekick as always, Greg. Good afternoon, my friend. It's a pleasure to see you again. So today what we're going to go into is we've got uh, another athletic filled episode with we're going to start off with the ncaa a few things that are bothering us about the ncaa and some of their proposed rules or rules that they have in place and stuff that we'd like to see changed and then we're going to end it with of course the nfl free agency as far as our top five teams that we think have improved and why spoiler alert we do not have the same list so this should be fun and interesting so let's just pardon the pun let's kick it off let's kick it off uh real quick guys we are on itunes now we are on spotify we are at podomatic.com on the free app um follow us download us listen to us tell your friends about us comment Uh, yeah comment comment we're going to actually mention a couple people that posted on our our facebook page today top five for fighting uh we're going to have our twitter fix this week we're going to get that all taken care of but hey get our name out there uh because everybody needs to hear us because we are that good yeah I'm going to take another St. Patty's Day drink. Oh, yeah. All right, so our first topic today is going to be uh, something that's coming up here in the in actually in government-based. There are two uh, representatives. Uh, one of them is Brooke E. Learman. I hope I'm saying that right. She's a Democratic representative from Baltimore, Baltimore Maryland. She is proposing legislation in her state that would allow all college athletes to unionize. And the other one is from Mark Waller, who is a representative from the 6th Congressional District in North Carolina. He is a Republican. And he is proposing a a measure to the government that would allow all college athletes to be able to profit from their image. So what we're really going to talk about today is in the NCAA, should college athletes be paid or should they not be paid? Are they already fairly compensated? Take us away. We'd also like to thank people that did vote in the poll that we had in a, I mean, uh, all credit to Greg's wife, Susan, who came up with that poll with the Shannon Sharp gif and the Snoop Dogg gif for yes or no. That was I must have laughed for 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm very easily amused anyway. Um, please continue to do so. Continue to comment. Let us know your feedback on this stuff. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Whichever it may be for idiots. Tell us it's cool. It's all fun. Um, but as far as athletes getting paid, and I know we didn't discuss this in the previously to starting today but a good example one of my favorite games to play on playstation for years and years has been ncaa football the best 
video game ever made. I To this day, we no longer have NCAA football on PlayStation because of this very topic, because the NCAA would not, could not use current players' names over, and the players wanted to be, not players wanting to be paid, being paid to use their likeness. And that's basically the topic that we're getting at here. Should those players have been paid for using their, if they were to use like Madden with their actual last names, their actual numbers, actual information on, on that game, should they have been paid? I say no because they're not professionals. Now, do I think it would have been cool if EA dished out a free game to all those players? Absolutely. The least they could have done was gotten a free copy of the game for that reason. But to get into the topic for the actual survey, should athletes be paid in the NCAA for playing football or playing their sports? Obviously, football generates the most profit. The NCAA generates, and I did look this up, and I think everyone's pretty much aware of it, they generate over a billion, with a B, a billion dollars a year in football revenue. So the argument now is should players be paid a portion of that? I say no because they're already being paid. They're getting sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar free scholarships to these major schools, little schools. They're getting paid to come to that school to play football with a free education. To to to, to let's start on that. Uh, I looked up what a full scholarship for a college athlete covers, and that is tuition, books, lodging, and meals. A couple years ago, the NCAA changed the rule so that the colleges are now allowed to give their student athletes unlimited meals. So if we've got a guy playing offensive lineman at the University of Nebraska and he's 6'10", 425 pounds. Dude's got to eat. Hoss can go to meals. He can go to dinner five times a day if he wants. There's no limit on that. So the argument about how we have to have money for food, we're going to throw that out the window. To back up a step, I'm going to say that any sport – that I can watch at the college level as opposed to the pro level, college always gets my priority. 100%. It's a pure form of the game. I feel there's more heart. There's guys out there that are doing it because they want to do it. Uh, I know that a lot of those guys are doing it because they're trying to get to the next level, but there's that school pride uh, issue there that makes it great. I don't watch women's softball, but I will watch the Women's College World Series all day long every year. I am not a. I love baseball. I do love baseball. I don't watch baseball that much anymore, strictly because it, it's, it's just gotten a little slow and it's really lopsided. Another story for another day. There's nothing wrong with a four-hour game. There is nothing wrong with a four-hour <laughs> game. But these kids that are out there are doing it, and and the scho- the, the college uh, scholarship that they are being given, when you get right down to it, can go upwards of twenty-five, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, especially depending on what they're getting their major in. If you're going to go to school for free, there has to be something that you give back. Nothing nothing is free. Everything that happens in this world, somebody pays for it. So when they complain about not getting paid, they're complaining about not getting a cash check. Correct. I, I completely agree because they are getting paid. And they're getting paid tens and tens of thousands of dollars to come to that school go to school and let's not forget at the end of the day these are students yes they're student athletes yes it's on the biggest stage of athletics for non-professionals i guess you is how you want to classify it everybody watches the ncaa football playoffs which is four teams another episode i'm sure we'll get to that needs to change it needs to go to eight teams yeah that's another day yeah 
everybody watches college football for the most part. And if you don't believe that, and if you don't think it has a bigger following, look at how many people these college stadiums are pulling in every Saturday. Obviously, my favorite school pulls in well over 100,000 every single Saturday. Um, Michigan State pulls in over 60 when they're good. Um, or if Michigan's in town, then everybody comes. Other than that, nobody cares. Um, the other major schools, the USC, the UCLA, the, the Coliseum, like more people go, in my opinion, to college games than NFL games. And it's it's that popular. And And the people that go to those games are there for the game for more reasons than it's just a football game. Oh, not just it's, that. It's, Don't, a, it's a crowd on the level of the Los Angeles Raiders, Oakland Raiders fan base squared. I'll give you an example. In, again, this is just my own example, but when I go back to Michigan once a year for a game, this past year I went down with uh, – or I went up to Michigan for the Penn State game. And when we go with my buddies back home – the game, I believe, was a 3.30 kickoff or a 4.30 kickoff. We were there ready to go by, I think, 11 o'clock. It's an all-day thing with the college. The tailgating is, and some people say that's just as important or just as big as the game. There's the experience of being on campus at the stadium, tailgating. The pregame excitement is way better than NFL, but I know we're getting a little off topic little here, bit. but that's so, all right. So, so what I'm going to do is right now I'm going to mention uh, two people who posted on our Facebook page this day uh, or this week in reference to the poll. One of them is Rich, and Rich's concern was that uh, the coaches make millions of dollars a year. I think I think Nick Saban makes seven million dollars a year, uh, somewhere in that ballpark, whereas the players make nothing. Um, and and literally two percent of them make it to the next level. And then I see where he's coming from. And then Douglas posted, he stole my thunder. You, you always have, sir, but you're so smart, it's hard not to. Douglas posted something that I was going to touch on. And Rit, or Mike mentioned that college football generates billions of dollars a year. But the thing that people don't understand is that not all the other sports do. Football is really the one sport that pays for all the other sports – for instance, in 2015, I read an article. I tried really hard to find it this week, and I could not. I read that there were only 10 Division I colleges in, the, in 2014 whose academic programs, and that is anything that falls underneath the athletic director, there were only 10 colleges that posted a profit. Two of those were Michigan and Ohio State. One of them was the University of Florida, which was surprising to me, but they have a very good athletic department. So these kids that are playing football are actually generating the money that plays for the girls that play softball and the boys that play lacrosse and the right. boys that play basketball. Obviously, some schools' basketball teams make more than their football teams. We're going to talk probably North Carolina, Duke. Sure. Um, but there is, there's not – this is not a, a business that is literally has a Scrooge McDuck vault that the athletic department is just pouring money into. These other students are being offered the same benefits as these pro, as these football players are not pro. The football players are, and they're just divers or skiers or uh, track athletes, lacrosse or lacrosse seems to be getting big. soccer, whatever. So all of this money is not just going right into the athletic director's pocket. That's one thing that needs to be understood here. These guys are playing football, and we love to watch them. 
but they're not it's 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 a business all of the other sports are benefiting from the football revenue absolutely yes. all the other sports are benefiting from the football revenue so maybe these guys need to step back a second and go hey I'm really sorry that I didn't get a $50,000 check this year on top of my tuition but you know Scarlett over there she got a free education too and she's definitely not going to be a pro athlete yeah, they didn't get a cash check, you know, a check with their name on it that says, hey, you know, here's here's 30 grand for playing football from us. No, but we're going to pay 25 to 30 grand a year for your education for the next four years, assuming you stay for that long. Right. Um, which is another trend that really gets under my skin with when it comes to football. But again, another day. Another thing uh, that I wanted to bring up was <clears throat> these guys are constantly talking about how, oh, poor me. Look at what I got to do. Oh, my life sucks. I watch ESPN game day every Saturday in the regular season if I'm not at the field refereeing. Sure. And I watch these guys walk into the stadium with Beats by Dre headphones on, uh, a $350 Nike warm-up suit, $250 shoes. I did look into that, by the way. Gold chains, watches. And they have more tattoos on their body than any human ever should have a right to right. have tattoos on. And again, unless you're at Ohio State, tattoos ain't free. That's a good shot. Ah, you like that one, right? That's a good pull as I sit in here with my Chase Winovich jersey on. Um, as far It's funny you should mention that because I was looking at this up this weekend over just specific rules because – if you notice, when the players get off the bus, it's either their warm-up suits, which either are provided by Nike or Adidas, Under Armour, whoever it may be, or when they, uh, certain players are wearing suits, the schools are allotted a certain number of – a certain amount of money to dress the athletes in suits or, you know, whatever it may be. They are allotted a certain amount by the NCAA – to outfit the players. That is something I didn't know, so that's, um, that's cool. There was another minor issue that came up with a former Michigan football player as far as he was, um, in so many words, accused of selling his shoes. What happens is when these players come in, and like, and I'll use Michigan for an example, and I probably always will, when players come into a school and that school is sponsored by, whether it's Nike, Adidas, whoever it may be, and these new brands come out, these new shoes come out, their new cleats, their new warm-ups, their new basketball shoes, whatever it may be, they're inventoried and issued and numbered and assigned to the players. So it's not like there's just this dump truck that pulls up, players are running up, grabbing handfuls of shoes, taking off, and go, okay, it's payday. No, they are checked, marked, assigned, and everything to these players, and they're told specifically you can't sell them or whatever it may be. That's so, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just I happened to stumble on that this week. Cool. I would like to address the profiting from their image. Let's do it. And we uh, are going to discuss the biggest example we have is the backup kicker from the University of Central Florida last year who had a YouTube channel who lost his scholarship because he was doing something on YouTube. Now let's make that's, this really clear. That's fucking stupid. Not football related. Not football related, absolutely. This kid, this student that was going to UCF as a football player, as a backup kicker made himself a YouTube channel on his own time that had nothing to do with the NCAA was generating himself. I'm assuming money and the NCAA ruled that as a violation and he lost his scholarship. Now there was conflicting articles, both for the NCAA and UCF. UCF was 
basically pointed out as being the ones that revoked his scholarship. Other reports were the NCAA forced them to revoke his scholarship. But this is insane. Yeah, that's 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 utterly ridiculous. The rules state that a college athlete can have a job off season. Correct. So they can get a part time job, you know, as a greeter, at Walmart, or Amazon delivery guy, but UPS, or whatever. That athlete also has to submit for permission from the NCAA as well as their school. Yeah. To get a part time job in the off season to make themselves their own money, which ironically in a capitalist system sounds really dumb that you have to get permission from somebody to be able to go to work. It sounds asinine. It is. That's because it is asinine. It's, 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 it, it definitely is. I feel like if you are a player and you are playing for, I really don't care if you're playing for Alcorn state or division four powerhouse, you know, Jerry Lewis school for the blind who if, plays Alabama next year. They, uh, the first four weeks of the season, they play Alabama. If you're doing something, and, and even if you are profiting off of your own image, maybe it's a 50-50 thing. Because one of the things that I looked up and some of the comments I saw all over the internet were, why is it that um, a football player or a, or a basketball player is not allowed to profit off of their own their own image or their, their work? In any way whatsoever. In any way whatsoever. But someone who's there on a physics scholarship can. Well, those people have not researched enough. Because if someone goes to school on a physics scholarship or let's just say a business scholarship, and they develop a business model of something that becomes popular, if they develop that while they are a student at the school, the school gets part of that. So let's let, the guy, let's let these guys make money off of their shirts or, or their whatever, their YouTube channel. I don't know that they should get money off of jerseys because they don't really have anything to do with the jersey. That's just their number. This, but but if, you, if you put out a YouTube channel, okay, so we go 75-25. It's funny you should say that because if you go to any – any major Division One school's website, you go to their store, which, let's face it, we all do. Um, if you go look in, let's say, August or September, and you go look at the jersey, jerseys, can't even talk, the jerseys that are on sale, look at the numbers that they're selling. It's always current players. It's going to be the it's current, most current popular players, players yeah. it, w- without a doubt. To, to bring that into perspective... Um, if you guys go to our webpage this week, you're going to see a couple pictures that we took for, for press. One of the jerseys that I wear in one of our pictures press. is the press. <laughs> well, Tom, Tom, Tom Brokaw is going to be here in a little while. Yeah. Um, one of the jerseys that I wear is a number 22, uh, Doug Flutie, Heisman year, Boston College jersey. You don't see it, but the name Flutie's on the back. Well, that was because it was done after the fact. He was no longer a player. They could do that. But your number 15 Michigan jersey that you are currently wearing does not have Winovich across the back. Okay, for those for those of it, you at home, Mike just gave me a great big middle finger about how it does actually say Winovich across the back. China. I, I guess I guess I was looking about a foot lower than the num- than the name. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah, I did not buy this from the school affiliated website. Okay, so now that I look like a total arsehole <laughs> into keeping with the uh, St. Paddy's Day feeling here, they still don't profit off of, when, you, when you're looking at the current players, their numbers. I mean, I have a, I have a Florida State uh, Dalvin Cook jersey, but it doesn't say Cook on the back. I have a Florida State Jameis Winston jersey. It doesn't say Winston on the back. Even to take it one step further, you can go to these school websites. You can order a personalized jersey. You can say, I want to... A Michigan jersey, I want it to say Putnam, and I want it to not the number four, 
21, whatever it may be. But if you try and order a personalized jersey, and if I was to order a number four jersey and put Harbaugh on the back, they're going to send me back a big fat middle finger saying, nope, or I'm sorry, not Harbaugh because he's gone, but a current player, Winovich, for example, right. if I was to try and do that, they will flat out reject your order because it's a current player. To change the speed just a little bit here, uh, the Republican representative from North Carolina, Mr. Waller, has talked about the profiting from the image. And his, his point in his legislation is that he wants the players, coaches, athletes, whoever, to be able to make more money, and it actually doesn't cut into the NCAA's pockets. And I think that that's a decent idea. I think that if we can get these kids some extra money, because you know what? Uh, Rich on the Facebook page was right. Only 2%, and we're, we're going to talk mainly football here. 2% of these guys are going to make it to the NFL. And of that 2%, probably 1% or a half percent will actually stick around for any, any length of time. But these kids have an opportunity while they're in college. You can be a huge college stud and just not make it in the pros. It happens all the time. Jamarcus Russell, anybody. So let's give these kids the opportunity to make some money to help them to get set up in life. I, I understand that. Um, what he also is proposing, though, that he wants the conferences to be able to set up how they compensate their players. And that's a huge no-go in my book because any conference that has a lot of money is going to set their standards higher. And I'm going to, I'm going to back that up by saying in the 80s, if you're my age, you remember getting up and trying to watch college football. And you watched college football on Saturday and you watched it from noon to about 4 o'clock. And every week you saw Michigan play, you saw Ohio State play, you saw Notre Dame play, and you saw USC or UCLA play. And that was really it. The only time you got to see any other teams was when those teams were playing them. I lived in Florida as a Florida State fan and had to wait until the 11.30 news to see if Florida State won that day. That's crazy. Right? It's, it's mind-blowing to think that's where we are now as to compared to where we were. But in the 90s, ESPN showed up. Late 80s, early 90s, ESPN showed up, and they started going to all these smaller colleges, Northern Illinois, Ball State, Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio. Look at North Dakota. North now. Dakota, any of these teams. And they started saying, hey, we want to televise your football games. And now all of a sudden these colleges got players that they wouldn't have gotten before because they did not want to go play for Northern Illinois because, let's face it, what's in Northern Illinois? These teams now get TV money and now can put better facilities out and there are just astronomically through the roof the number of players that are coming out of these smaller conferences and making it to the NFL because they are recognized, because they are relevant. And that is because it's a level playing field across the board. Right. But now these colleges are getting money from these TV contracts. Now you can almost watch damn near any college football team that you want to on Sunday. You might have to have a subscription depending on where you live in the United States. But let's if if we if we say each conference can compensate each player based on their own rules, well the SEC and the Pac-10 are going to walk away with it. But to prove your point, ESPN wouldn't have that game day package if there wasn't a demand for it. Absolutely. All of these smaller, I dare I even say smaller conferences or or smaller teams, out of market teams and stuff, if they want to see their teams play, so that's why 
in I know a lot of it is directed towards out of towners now because obviously I want to see every Michigan game every week. So I have the Big Ten Network, which is a it's part of cable now. But the demand is there to prove your point. If if it wasn't there, you wouldn't be able to go buy that that subscription. It is absolutely, and and I'm going to tell you right now that I love football. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's near and dear to my heart. I love it. Sports are overrated in this country. They're overrated. Um, and Watch the money, your dirty and the mo- mouth. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I want to slap myself for letting something as filthy as that come out of my mouth. But it is. It's overrated. I'm going to ignore a, that. A kid shouldn't be going to school. A kid should not be going to college to play football. What was what was uh, what was Haskins? Wasn't it Dwayne? Or no, it was uh, the the other foot, the other quarterback, the one that won the national championship with Florida, with Ohio State. There, I didn't come to college to play no football or to oh, to, to, to go to no classes. Cardale Jones. Cardale Jones. Yeah. Yes, you did go to college to go to classes. You just get to play football to pay for it. So, so sports, the sports in our society is overrated. It's great because it's an escapism. But the 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 money that these kids are are producing and that these colleges are making and that they're making once they go pro is really through the roof. We're going to get to that when we talk about free agency here in a minute. Right. But my point was that it's so overblown and so huge now that you do have these packages that you can get to ESPN game day or you can uh, the, the ESPN 3 that you watch or you know you can watch something really good on the Ocho things like that the Ocho yeah i agree and basically to sum up my opinion on this whole thing is the NCAA greedy absolutely what company isn't what Correct. What company isn't? I mean, it's yes, absolutely. The NCAA is greedy. It is flawed. It has issues. Um, but like you just said, what company isn't? Um, we've all worked for a couple, some worse than others. But at the same time, players should not be compensated any more than what they are cash wise, simply because of the fact they're an athlete. You are there to get an education. If you can make your time at that school into a professional career in a sport, good on you. It's deserved. And with the draft coming up, obviously that's a shining example. What gets lost, it's 1% of everybody in the country that plays football that even makes it. And it's a smaller percentage of those that actually stay in the NFL. It's it's out of this world how small the chances are these athletes have it to make it, have a career, and have successful careers in the NFL. So they're there in college to make something, get that degree, make something of yourself, have that fallback, not a fall guy like Chris Carter says, have a fallback so you have a career if you don't make it, which chances are, overwhelmingly, you're not going to. I don't, I don't think these kids should ever be punished for making some money that does not have to do with playing professional ever. In fact, football. Ever. In fact, saying that right there, if you're a big-time player, and let's say Jalen Hurts, Okay, Jalen Hurts, obviously, awesome player, phenomenal player. Why should that kid, student athlete, not be able to go run him off a couple hundred photos of himself and go sign them for people and charge ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever it may be? Why should he not be able to? That's his. That's him. That's all him. I agree. I agree. Um, to put it in a little bit of a perspective, uh, somebody told me one time that these kids deserve to be paid because they make a whole bunch of money for for the NCAA, and and they do. Um, I got into an I got into an argument or discussion with somebody one time, and uh, they were saying that these kids should be paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year because of the money that the NCAA makes. And I said back, I said, look, these these guys are a part of a business. They're a part of a company. 
and that they are legitimately just like a janitor at Apple. And they said, well, no, the janitor at Apple doesn't actually generate any, any income. My answer back was, every job at a company is there for a reason. Otherwise, the company would not be paying for it. Right. Right? If you don't have a janitor, people don't want to come to work because the bathrooms are crappy and the trash is full or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on janitors. It's just every part of a business is a part of a business and it's there because it's needed. Yes, if kids stop playing college football tomorrow, college football would obviously go away. But the colleges would not. But the colleges would not because they're still going to make money on educations, which was their primary purpose. I think that there's an inflated ego from these kids coming from high school where they think that I'm the shit and I deserve whatever. And, and to wrap things up, the quarterback for the University of Texas, I can't remember his first name, his last name's Erlinger. He stated last week that playing college football is a lot like an unpaid internship. <laughs> he said, can you imagine a job where you have to go work 40, 50, 60, or 70 hours a week and probably never get to advance in your career and not get a paycheck out of it? I think it's stupid. Mr. Erlinger, I would like you to come work at my company on an unpaid, insur in, in, unpaid internship, and you'll see just how fucking miserable that is. That's the entitlement that is coming from these young kids now that think, I'm good at football, I deserve to be a bajillionaire, just like Tom Brady. Because that's the only example they ever see. It so is, it's... and that's a shame. So basically to wrap it up, we both agree that they should not be paid. They're already being substantially rewarded I with, think with scholarships. Be, I think the rules need to be tweaked. Absolutely. But they don't deserve a paycheck, in my humble opinion. No, but the NCAA needs to be a little more flexible with certain issues that we've kind of briefly covered. Yeah, if a coach wants to take his team out to dinner every now and then, the coach should be able to take his team out to dinner every now yes, and then. And, but um, you should not be able to show up and Reggie Bush the shit out of it. Great example. for Fantastic example, actually. Um so that'll basically wrap up our NCAA portion. So what we're going to do is take another quick fake break with fake sponsors that we don't have yet, right? I love it. Um, grab another St. Patty's Day beverage, and then we are going to come right back and jump knee-deep into the NFL free agency and who we thought was the most improved team. So we will be right back. All right, welcome back from our fake sponsors that we had this week. <laughs> I want to start off uh, by saying that uh, I was not – um, I was pretty serious in that last episode, and 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 I wanted or the last section. And I wanted to be because it's a pretty important issue, and I think that everybody involved in what we just discussed about the NCAA athletes is uh, neither side should be made light of. So I will be back to our, my regular scheduling program here while I make fun of all these jackasses in the NFL. Um, I want to bring up uh, as if you listened to our episodes before, uh, you guys know that Mike's son Dylan is in the uh, he's in the United States Army at Fort Hood, Texas. Now, Dylan got a special shout-out from somebody this week online, and that special somebody is Mr. Devin Funches, who went to the University of Michigan and just currently signed a one-year contract uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. So I'd like to play this real quick over the air for you so that everybody can hear what a stand-up guy Mr. Funches is. Former Wolverine. Um, yeah, here it is. Dylan, what's going on? It's Devin Funches here. I want to say thank you for your services, and go blue, baby. Dylan, that's awesome, bro. Um, got to see you play football some. Uh, I'm proud of you and what you're doing out there and all your fellow soldiers and all of the soldiers 
sailors, Marines, Coast Guards, police, police, firefighters, all all over this country. Sports sports guys aren't heroes. You, you guys are heroes. We're going to throw teachers in there too because you guys are underappreciated. But Mr. Funches, I know you're never going to hear this, but that's that's badass of you to take your time like that. Dylan, you take care of yourself. I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, I don't know who's more excited about Dylan or me, but anyway, everyone listening knows how I am anyway, and I'm a big baby, so that's awesome. Uh, Hope to see you soon, Dylan. Before we start on the NFL free agency, yes, Mike and I thought we should talk about the upcoming Major League (laughs) Baseball season. It is right around the corner. Got a couple things uh, on our minds about it, so I figured we'd we'd give it some give it its due reward and and talk about it as to the extent that we feel it should be talked about. Would you like to go first? Um, n- no. Okay, moving on. We're going to move on to a free agency in the NFL this week. Right after we talk about this, I ran across this on the internet this week, and this cracked me up. There is a movie in the works that is going to be based on the now infamous non-call at the end of the NFC Championship game, and the movie is called Get the Ref. It's going to star Ed Helms. And it's going to star Danny DeVito as a Cajun sheriff, which you had me at Danny. Let's get right down to it. And it's about a group of guys who actually are plotting to go out and get revenge and kidnap this referee. Ed Helms, Danny DeVito, written by a group of of former uh, servicemen. Um, It's supposed to be out later this year. We're going to keep you updated on it, but I'm excited. Are you serious right now? I could not make that shit up if I had six more of what I got in my hand right now. So you're you're serious. They're making a comedy about this with Ed Helms? I will post the link on our Facebook page as soon as we are done recording. <sighs> Stay tuned for that episode. I didn't send that shit to you in Messenger? No, oh, but my that dear Lord. does sound pretty I entertaining. I messed that up. All right. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is uh, hopefully you guys listened to our All Marvel episode last week. The new Avengers trailer dropped this week. Um, yes, it did. Pretty hardcore badass. We're going to post it on our page, too. I think we already did. Uh, give it a whirl. We are going to have a, a probably a spoiler episode coming up for Shazam. Uh, we're definitely going to do a spoiler episode with uh, with the Avengers with and Spider-Man, so just keep that all in, in mind. The Shazam episode with our good friend Richard Alexander, yes, who Mr. we Alexander know will be back. And it oh, wouldn't be a proper episode going over a comic book movie without Richard. Absolutely. Richard, um, I know you're listening. Dude... I was listening to the episode earlier this week. You were literally naming the name of the directors of the movies. Son, you have got to get a life. Dude knows the stuff. What can I say? Oh, That's fucking hardcore. Why he's our local expert. All right. Okay, so NFL free agency. Take it away, Mike. All right. So what we did over the course of this very busy, entertaining, productive week for some teams more than others, uh, we wanted to have our top five list. Top five. Yep. This homemade cider. St. Really Patrick's good. Day, guys. St. Patrick's really Day. Really good. Top five teams that have most improved over the course of this week's free agency. That's our top five list, but we'll we'll get to that. Yes, we will get to that. But I want to. I am so excited. You want me to tell you why I'm so excited? I want you to tell me why you're. This so has excited. been, as we mentioned in our first episode with the horrible audio, that I'm a. I've been a long time Cincinnati fan, right? Yeah. They crushed it this week. Did you see what they did? They re-signed all the players they already had that kept them losing? No, they re-signed Tyler Eifert, the okay. tight end that's always heard out of Notre Dame. Yeah. Dude, Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, if he cannot have a concussion from week 16 on. You don't need anybody in. else. You, yeah. you just yeah. need Tyler Eifert. Yeah. I, he's going to be 
probably one of my number one fantasy picks, <laughs> and I'm going to bank on him scoring about 30 to 40 points a week for the first two weeks, and then he'll be out the rest Listen, of the year. Listen, I'm going to tell you something here. Super Bowl. Okay? And I'm not just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I looked at Cincinnati's free agent signings, and they literally only signed people that were already on their roster. Now, I agree you have to do that in this day and age to make sure that you can have that same status quo. But when that's all you sign and you sucked so hard last year. Can I reference this back to your discussion you had in the first half? Absolutely. Okay. Every company needs a janitor. The NFL needs a janitor. Detroit Lions. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Every – at least they have a playoff win. <laughs> One in 50 years. I was there. Um, Cincinnati is the NFL's janitor. They just whistle. But they shouldn't be. They wipe their mop. They shouldn't be. They they clean up their own crap, which is usually in the playoffs when they make it, um, or their coach. Cincinnati is freaking embarrassing. Moving on. Yeah, really bad, really bad. Um, okay, who is your most overrated signee of this free agent period. Wow. Way to surprise me with something we didn't talk about I'll, beforehand. I'll start off. Nick okay, Foles. Okay, you go. Damn, that's a good one. I think Is he, though? Is Nick yes. Foles overrated? Yes, he is. He's, not, he's overrated. Let's uh, look at Nick Foles' past two years. He was called on. He did, in all fairness, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles did win a Super Bowl. So did Trent Dilfer. Poor Trent. Can you imagine having the career that oh guy's had? Oh, my God. This is why Nick Foles is the most overrated. It's because he's going to a team that does not have an offensive mind like Doug Peterson at the head helm. Okay, that's number one. Agreed. Okay, the, the, uh, the Jaguars are not an offensive team. Number two, he was severely average any time before his relief stints in, 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 in Philadelphia. Number three, way too much money. That's why he's. That's why he's my number one. It's way too much money. Four, four or three for eighty-eight million. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of money. Dude it's got a, paid. He, yeah, he got paid. Good for him. Don't blame good, him. Good for him. He he earned it. But it's not. Who's he going to throw the ball to? That's yeah. I mean, who who he went there for one reason. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. he went there for eighty-eight million yeah. reasons. I mean, everybody talked about what a great sign uh, Keenum was going to be for the Broncos last year. He's already gone. I'll tell you this. We'll see how good Nick Foles is this year in Jacksonville because the Super Bowl year that he won with Philly that was a great that that was a great team. They were good. They won when it mattered most. That was that was a team that had two starting caliber tight ends mm-hmm. in Ertz and the other one. Ertz. <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry, guys. Ertz still has one of my favorite fantasy football team names ever. Zach, my balls, Ertz. Oh, that's yeah. that's incredible. It's a great name. He had he had two legitimate wideouts. He yep. had three running backs, and he had an offensive line with a defensive line that could put pressure on. Now the Jaguars' defense took a hit this year. They lost Tayshawn Gibson. Gibson. They lost Malik Jackson. Yep. They no longer have Dante Fowler, which they got rid of last year. He has Leonard Fournette, an average offensive line, and three wannabe wide receivers, and that's why it's overrated. Let's see what they do in the draft. That's what I'm saying. We'll see how good Nick Foles is this year. This coming year. Yep. Yep. Okay. Agreed. Okay. And you're number one. I see it's tough because, for one, I didn't plan for this, but I'm going to go Kareem Hunt 
And the reason I'm going to say that is because they – now, was it a bad signing? No, it was a great signing because they got him for almost nothing. Um, they got him for nothing. Literally. And, again, we'll mention him every week. My buddies up at the Detroit Sports Podcast, Adam, even said, you're getting an all-pro caliber running back for nothing. Why? There's no risk. Well, here's the risk. He's gone for the first eight games of the season. Now, granted, that's only half the season, but still, he's gone for half the year. Yeah. So, yeah. It's but he's skilled and he's talented, yes, but we'll see. Even though he's gone for the first eight games, he's still eligible to OTAs. He's still eligible to go to training camp. Agreed, yep. Um, you have Nick Chubb. So, this is... this. <laughs> Can we no, just no, say Nick not, Chubb? You don't have Nick Chubb right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Keep in your pants. They don't. They you have Nick Chubb, so basically you have a um, an Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram situation going. Why are you laughing? Don't spit your don't spit your cider on me. <laughs> so, given his suspension, can we say we only have? No, you would have a whole Chubb because he's not gone for half the year. Mm. <laughs> so, I, I I see where you're coming from. I hate that. Let's see what happens to the Chiefs with Mister Tyreek Tyreek Hill. Uh, another example. Of um, how fucking stupid do you have to be, sir? I, how stupid? So, and I'm not accusing him. We are innocent until proven guilty. Right. But the rumors are uh, a three-year-old child with a broken arm. And just Google it. There's yeah, no need to I'm go not, into not it gonna, because not even it's. Step on it. I don't want to ruin my day or your day, but um, just just Google it and you, you'll see what the reports are. Uh, Antonio Brown to the Raiders. I think I remember calling this to you in our pre pre meeting last week. Uh, how you feel about that? Listen, Antonio Brown is every bit as good as advertised. Um, unlike Le'Veon Bell, he still played last year. He was noticeably and visibly, verbally miserable, um, not happy with Ben Roethlisberger. He still played. I give, I do give him credit for that. He played the season, still productive. He's, he's just, he's a gifted athlete, but he's a typical superstar NFL receiver. He's a prima donna and he's a cancer. I want to read a quote. Um, uh, I'm going to give an app a little bit of love here. I know they don't advertise. I probably shouldn't. Uh, it's an app called The Score. Um, it's it's all sports. It's any sport you want, including rugby, I think. Um, I, I, I stay up to date with them pretty well. Uh, they have a writer uh, there. His name's Dan Wilkins. And I'm going to tell you what I think about his article here they wrote. But he read the top five things the top five things we took away from, from free agency this year. He wrote an article about Antonio Brown and about how he gives Mr. Brown all kinds of credit for turning free agency up on its ear because Mr. Brown was able to organize and get what he wanted. And he wrote, he was able to get rid of minimally guaranteed contracts that hold players hostage, and he was able to free his way out of a contentious relationship by forcing his trade. Did he just refer to an NFL player? Mr. Wilkins, please pull your head from your sphincter. Because that is Hostage. literally one of the craziest things I've ever heard. First of all, Mr. Brown made his relationship with the Rooney's contentious, number one. Number two, I'm so sorry that your $40 million contract was only 50% guaranteed. Oh, you poor baby. How will you ever live? Look. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if it ain't, if it ain't, you know, like the lottery, if it ain't $400 million, I'm not even playing because who wants $3 million? Why bother? Oh, God. I'm only going to get half of it. 
Antonio Brown put himself in a position with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers that he did not need to be in. He was on a team, like we said earlier in the in the, in the podcast season. It was a podcast season, like that's a real thing. Nice. Episode one about how the Steelers were perennial Super Bowl contenders every year, and he couldn't be happy there. Well, I, I enjoy the Browns or the, or the the Raiders, I guess. I enjoy them. I don't know what right. else to say to that. I think it's absolutely hysterical. No one is making you play football, sir. You are an employee of a company, and you play by the same rules that everybody else does. You're a phenomenal football player. But but listen to that loud sucking sound when you pull your head out of your ass because that's the that's crazy. To say something like that is crazy. Yeah, it's or, you know, there's another alternative. Um, go to Canada. Go play in the CFL. I mean, I've got – a handful of buddies who hope they're listening that we play on PlayStation with all the time um, in Canada. Go play up there. Yeah. Well, it worked out really good for Mr. Manziel. Um, Did you hear about Johnny Manziel? Yeah. He just signed with the AFL. With, the AF, with the Memphis. AF? Yeah. 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 I just happened to be watching a game last night. You know what? It said that he signed with the Memphis. The bad part there is I hope that he can – I hope that he's able to succeed in Memphis – because unlike Canada, the United States war on drugs has kept the crack off the streets, so he won't have access to it in Memphis to, to screw him up. In all seriousness, I'm hoping that guy makes his way back to the NFL. Uh, everyone loves a comeback story, right? Everyone loves a comeback this story. This guy is a comeback story. How and many I, fucking chances do you get, man? He, he paid his price, didn't he? He was he washed out of the league. He paid his price. He washed out of the CFL, bro. Did he wash out or did he choose to come back? He, he got, anyway, he got kicked off the team. Bottom line, to team rules. Dude was a mess. Whole, I Probably just still is. But I would yes. like to see a good. I would like to see a good ending for this Un- kid and have him make his way back. Unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable athlete. Yep. Okay. Um, New York Jets. A couple weeks ago on our podcast, we ranked New York Jets both of us in our top five worst franchises of all time, and they went batshit crazy in Sh- free agency. Should we just get to our top five? No. No. All right then. <laughs> we got we got other things we got to talk about. Um, they spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money on truckload. Yeah, uh, how many top five picks can you get? When you're drafting in the top five every year, yeah, yeah, you're going to end up with some. What about uh, OBJ to the Browns? How do you feel about that? That's a big one. <clears throat> Again, another NFL prima donna superstar receiver. Um, I mean, everyone saw the you know the pictures he was posting on the boat before before. The playoffs, not getting ready for the playoffs. He's out partying in Miami on a stripper boat yeah. or whatever it may be. Yeah, I just I have a hard time rooting for guys like that. You know, when you see guys like that fail, it's like, well, yeah, of course. What else were you expecting? So it's, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, anything that's not addressed in your top five list that you would like to address? Um, no. The only really thing I had noted, you covered fantastic with Devin Funches, which I do think was a great signing for Indy, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that as well. Yeah, that was. Landon Collins to the Redskins. Disappointed. Six years, disappointed. Six years, 84 years, you wanted the Lions to pick him up. I de- desperately wanted him to, would have been to, a to great, get picked up. Would have been a great fit. Uh, it, granted, it again, fit. not to spoil my list, but we'll get there, but I was really hoping that that was going to be the, the last big piece that they were going to add in free agency, but they didn't. I'm going to tell you. Even though it didn't make my top five list, I'm going to tell you who got the absolute best signing in free agency. You ready? Cincinnati? No. Why? Because screw those guys. Congratulations, 
Dallas Cowboys on luring Jason Witten out of retirement. Huge. Who am I going to watch now in, in the booth? <laughs> Does it matter? No, it really <laughs> Honestly, mean, it doesn't. I mean, seriously, seriously, guys, you can't find a tight end other than – and I loved watching Jason Witten play, but you know what? I liked watching George Foreman fight. It's not going to happen anymore. You never know. That, well, hey, again, we'll see. It's not like he has anybody to beat out to be first string, for who sure. Else, who else wants to go there? It's Dallas. You know, Which is crazy saying that, but... This is funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. I watch the NFL, and I, I have Sunday ticket. I've had a Sunday ticket uh, subscription for about about 13 years now, and I, I watch it because I don't... Being in the Tampa Bay area market, there are many weeks where the games that you get to see on broadcast here are pure shit. Every week, actually. Yeah. Let's just say that every week. Yeah. Um, you, you always get screwed out of that good that good game. My mom's like, you can only watch so many games at once. And I'm like, no, mom, mom, you can only watch so many games at once. I can watch up to five. But I want to see those marquee games that I lose because of my regional broadcast. So when I, when I go to Sunday Ticket, honestly, the number one thing I watch in a football game is fantasy relevant. Who do I have playing in the games? Who do I want to see? Of course. Right. But number two, I like to see those big matchups, but I very rarely watch a football game where I see two teams that I'm like, only thing I can root for here to steal your phrase is a bus crash before the game that knocks both teams out of the lineup because I hate them both. Yes. Can, there's only three teams in the league that I don't like. I'm not going to say them because I don't want to alienate any of our listeners. Do it. You'll probably figure do it, it out at one point. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Do it. Um, but I, I can usually pick a football game up, and I can usually watch them and, and, and have a good time. But when I see the Cowboys make a move like Jason Witten, and on a team that is the most valuable franchise in pro sports, other than, I think, Manchester United. I think. Knicks? Yeah. <laughs> What what the fuck do they have? It's the, I, you know it's what I mean. A, it, I mean, yeah, they're New it, York, it, but it's a brand. You got to be good I'm at just some saying. point. They're, they're at probably least the close. Cowboys are competitive now, but you all you can do with all that money is Jason Witten. Seriously, that was your recruiting trip. Yeah, come back. Yeah, please. Oh my God, Jason, we miss you. We you don't have like, Tony anymore. What do we do? You know, I saw an article this week that said Des Bryant's going back to the Cowboys. So. Jerry Jones was like Rose on the door in Titanic. Come back. Come back. <laughs> There's not room for you in here. Move your fat ass over of the door and get a good tight end. That's all I'm saying. Something. Something. And and I like Jason Witten. I really do. And I, do too. I thought I thought he was I thought he was acceptable Hall of Monday Fame. Night Football. But uh, you know what they really need to do is they need to get you and me to call Monday Night Football because that would be a good time. Although they'd have to Who wouldn't watch that? Right? Who right? wouldn't watch that? Any, anybody that was under eighteen. Yeah, don't let your kids watch. Yeah, ever. All right, so you know what? We kind of summed up our – we hit our big big ones. Um, we didn't talk about Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets, but we did talk about the Jets a little bit. So Because it is the Jets. Because it is the Jets. Um, I think that it might be time for our top five list. Good. It's the reason I got out of bed this morning. Oh, it is? Yes, that in this apple cider beer from Tampa that you're serving, which is phenomenal. I please to aim. Nice All job. Right. You want right, to go so first? It's, it's my turn to go first. Go. Number five. All right, so this is what this is what our criteria was before we get going. Our criteria was the, the top five teams that improved themselves. Most improved. Most improved on paper. 
based on based the on, last five based days. On, based on facts on, on the free agency period. So, so spoiler, I'm not putting the New England Patriots in mind, even though they did sign Michael Bennett or trade for Michael Bennett, which was the, the train just keeps rolling like you texted me. I mean, Jesus Christ, you got Michael Bennett on your defensive line now? I did not put the Patriots in my list simply because they are at the top of the food chain right now. They don't really need to do a lot to improve themselves to stay there. Fair enough. So so it's between what you lost, what you gained, and where you were last year. My number five is the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to tell you why my number five is the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm do it. I'm find them here on my list right here. They traded D4 to the San Francisco 49ers, which was essentially going to be their franchise tag if they used one. Uh, on his rookie contract, uh, generated, uh, I think, seven, eight, nine sacks last year. And they, they cut Justin Houston. They also cut Eric Berry, which was a, su- a big surprise to me. But they signed Carlos Hyde, which is a suitable replacement for, for a, between the tackles. Bust him up run. He's not going to be the number one. Damian Williams is going to be the number one. But they also signed Tyron Matthew, who they need desperately in their The backfield. honey badger. The honey badger, bitches. Honey badger don't give a fuck. <laughs> and they also signed um, Okafor. I can't remember his first name right now, but that's going to replace that. Dwame. Dwame, huh? Dwame Okafor. Dwame, uh, as, as an edge rusher. I honestly feel that what they've done now is they've put themselves in a position where they can go to the draft and – Depending on what happens with this Tyreek Hill thing, Hill, you don't need to address your offense. He's a heel at all. He, oh, he's a giant heel. If, if what is said is true, right? I don't think you need to adjust your offense at all. But your weakness was your defense, and your weakness was your pass defense last year. They were 32nd in the NFL. Matthews an upgrade. Uh, you get another edge pass rusher. You can get at this point whoever you want to pick in the draft. Yeah, you're picking low, but you got seven picks to to fill in that defense. Uh, that's why I went with the Chiefs. Even though they were in the AFC Championship game, I do think that they made themselves better by putting uh, the other half of the of the football uh, scheme in, in, in place. That's fair. Um, we'll go to my number five. And if my – I've mentioned him before, my buddy Nick, who's a huge Broncos fan, is listening right now. He's going to shut it off when I say this. But my number five is the Oakland Raiders. And the reason why – keep listening, Nick, I promise. Yes, they signed Antonio Brown. I think uh, the obvious reasons we don't need to go into that. He is what he is. Um, Derek Carr is going to have a field day with him. But I thought the signing that pretty much no one's really talked about is Terrell Williams. He was lost on the depth chart at the <laughs> – are you sad I still stole your thunder? <laughs> yeah, you did, you prick. <laughs> um, in the Chargers. He barely even mentioned – I mean, nobody really knows who he is, but the guy put up 69 catches for 1,059 yards last year. A legitimate number two wide receiver on the other side of Antonio Brown. Legitimate. legitimate. And he wasn't even a number two in Chargers. He was a legitimate threat in the Chargers, and they went six deep. Yes. So I think that alone – was a huge pickup for Oakland, which, again, barely anybody's talking about. And I think that really, really helps uh, the Oakland Raiders, and I, I think that makes that offense that much more fun to watch. Um, or, again, if you're like my buddy Nick, put your foot through the TV, which he probably will. But um, that's my number five, and that's why. thought it was a huge pickup for them in yeah, that offense. That's a good one. That's a good one. I know. I know. My number four is going to be the – Green Bay Packers. Interesting. When you give a player like Aaron Rodgers, who is a generational talent. 
He's part owner. <laughs> <laughs> not not yet. Uh, one more year. He's a, he is uh, one of those players that truly makes a team better just because he's there. There was a lot of things that came out in the offseason between him and Micah McCarthy. He didn't like McCarthy's offense. Um, he said he signed off. Matt LaFleur said the first call he got when the Packers were uh, fig- or were trying to figure him out was, was from Aaron Rodgers. Um, maybe too much power, but Aaron Rodgers legitimately, when we start talking about fantasy quarterbacks, he's top three. Period. Right? I'd put him up there, yeah. Has to be. I agree. So they went and they signed Adrian Amos from the Bears, who had a stellar defense at safety. And their de- their, their back end on their defense was horrible. They also signed um, Preston Smith, an outside linebacker from the Skins. They signed Zadarius Smith from the Ravens, who's another... I think Clay Matthews and the other guy they had are gone. These these linebackers are going to yes, take Clay over. Yes, Clay Matthews will yep. not be back with the Packers. And then they got they got Billy Turner from the Broncos, who you know what I forgot to write down his position. I think he's an offensive lineman, um, which is what they need. Right. That sets them up right there, where they already have better coverage in the secondary. They already now have a pass rush. You can go get that running back that you need. Oh sure. Because I don't know that Aaron Jones is the answer there, better than Tyrell Montgomery, but you know it is what it is. The Packers, to me, are one of those teams last year that floundered simply because I just think they were in a state of chaos for multiple reasons. Let's hope that these signings solidify the major positions so now they can play with other stuff. Quick side note on that. The the drama that was coming out of Green Bay was all because of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. And the fact that an NFL quarterback can run a head coach out of town is the reason why I will pick the NCAA over NFL any day of the week. All day long. Any day. All right. But moving on. My number four was the New York Jets, who are one of the best spelling teams. J-E-T-S. Jets. Those fans can spell a four-letter word better than nobody. Remember those teams we talked about that I hate to watch? Yeah. There you go. They're up there. Um the reason why I picked the Jets, obviously they had some big signings. Le'Veon Bell, let's just hope he plays all year and doesn't decide to sit because he's got a you know a, a bruised toenail. Uh, C.J. Mosley I thought was a big signing for their defense. And also, too, for their offense, I thought a big signing was Jameson Crowder. Um, I, big improvements for him. You know, you've got a young quarterback that, you know, who's all – I mean, in all seriousness, not horrible. He played well. They I mean, were much. They were much better at the end of the season. For the fact that the a quarterback as young as he is in a horrible situation, as bad as the Jets are, to play the way that he did, if you give him Le'Veon Bell and Jameson Crowder, I I thought that was a pretty good week for the Jets. So I put them at number four. Le'Veon Bell is being touted as a generational talent. Okay, he's done nothing but tear it up in in New York or in Pittsburgh. <sighs> Go ahead. We'll disagree. Okay, I feel that Le'Veon Bell is a product of the Pittsburgh offense. Okay, there you go. We had we had D'Angelo Jones, who subbed in for Le'Veon Bell a couple years ago and was a star. The running backs did not lose any effect last year in that Pittsburgh offense without him there. You had Connor, and then I can't remember the kid's name who came in when Connor got hurt. All of them blew it up. I'll add this: the same point that we both made about Nick Foles. We'll see how good Le'Veon Bell is this year. I agree. I'm not Adam Gase, but if I was, I would literally take seven offensive linemen in the draft because you now have some talent on the offensive line. 
But if you can't block, you're fucked. Just ask Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Wait. All day long. Who does he play for? Yeah. All right. I, I the Jets. I didn't. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let it slide. I go out here. I didn't. I didn't put the Jets in my top five because even though they signed C.J. Mosley's a great player, but man, the did guy's you over, quick. Side man, to side. Did you overpay for him. He. he they, they did. You know what? You had to. Because if you're not going to overpay for someone, no one's going to come to the Jets for an average yeah. salary. Quan Alexander was the highest-paid NFL linebacker in the NFL for a day, and then C.J. Mosley signed his. I didn't put him in my top five because I can't say they got better until I see them get better because every year, on paper, the Jets are going to be good. Remember that phrase, on paper. It's important for this on top paper. five list. All right, my turn, right? <laughs> yes, your turn, number three. My number three is going to be the Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> Cleveland Browns. That's a, a good. Of, that's a good poll. A lot of, <laughs> a lot, a of lot of people poll. are going to say this is low for the Browns because of who they signed. I think the Browns really had a great, a really really great offensive and defensive free agency signing period. It's o- tough to argue. OBJ. You, you can't argue that. OBJ. Um, Sheldon Richardson uh, on the defensive line now next to Miles Garrett. Olivier Vernon at linebacker now next to Sheldon Richard and Miles Garrett. Uh, I did not put them higher because of the way they played at the end of last year. The Cleveland Browns were competitive at the end of last year with playoff caliber teams. Borderline exciting. Almost made the playoffs. Almost made the playoffs. I think that I've got to see how these players gel together because for the first time ever, Cleveland has egos they have to deal with. Yep, a few. Sheldon Richardson was run out of New York. New York, the Jets, because of his attitude. Right. How's he going to fit in there? Um, Baker Mayfield's going to try and be a little bit more of a leader, but how's he going to fit in on that team with OBJ there now? You know what I mean? Is OBJ going to be the leader? OBJ, million-dollar athlete, nickel mind, like you've said before. So we we got to see uh, how healthy does OBJ stay. Um, what what do they do to their offensive line? Because they, they traded away their best offensive lineman to get Olivier Vernon. So let's see what happens in the draft. That Number three, because of that. All right, fair enough. Um, my number three was kind of, dare I say, a half-assed tie. Um, we already covered Green Bay. I had Green Bay because of, obviously, the, the signings you already went over, Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos. Uh, their, their defense is in, it is in a much, much better shape than it is now. We'll yeah. see how the drama folds out with yeah. not having McCarthy there. Now Rodgers has just got to shut up and play. Yeah, if you can score if you can score 35, you can allow 30. If you can score, yeah, so so we'll see how they go. The only other re- the reason I had a tie with Green Bay was Indy for selfish reasons. Devin Funches, again, what he did was awesome for my kid. It was awesome. But seriously speaking, though, that signing of Devin Funches to Indy is huge for that offense yeah. with a healthy Andrew Luck, um, with Eric Ebron, who's not a big, big popular name still in Detroit because he was a 
bitch when he was in Detroit. But still, give him credit. He had a decent year. I think that's a big signing for Indy, and I think Luck is going to benefit from that signing huge. I'm going to I'm gonna address this, and probably the first time we might argue about a pick. Bring it. De- Devin Funches is a solid number two wide receiver, especially when you got T.Y. on the other side. Yep. I'm really interested to see what a quality receiver can do with a decent quarterback because, in my opinion, Cam Newton is not a passing quarterback in the NFL. He's serviceable at best. I'd like to see Devin Funches succeed there. I think that Andrew Luck's going to be able to, to he's going to be able to go and get the ball. I'm going to say this, the Indianapolis Colts had 100,000 excuse me, 100 million dollars in cap space and they signed Devin Funches. Devin Funches. So far it, eh, again, yeah, but, but we're the, only five but, days. Well, but the marquee names are technically much gone. three days, four days in yeah. because it's Wednesday is when it officially started. But having said that, there may be a game that the GM's playing here. Could that's, be that's a long game. Worried about salaries. Yep. Um, they did make the playoffs last year. Maybe they feel they just need to tweak what they need with that second wide receiver. Right. Maybe they feel Kansas City shut them down and then playoffs. Whatever. Uh, a much improved team last year. A much improved offensive line for Indianapolis last year. And the draft so this, coming up, which yep. has a lot of offensive and talent. That's, that's where we're going to be able to, in my yep. opinion, see where Indianapolis addresses and, and see how much better they get. Cool. All right. So you're number two. My number two is going to be the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Mike hit on it. Uh, I think that what they've done there is uh, – let's, let's be honest. When you're a complete shit show like they were last year uh, – there's not much you can't do to get better. The one that I want to address uh, on top of Tyrell Williams, you stole my thunder there, but solid, solid. That's why you're so fucking gorgeous and smart. You know, Ty- Tyrell Williams is going to be a legitimate number two to uh, Antonio Brown. My, my questions with them are what are they going to do at running back? Um, my The one that I liked the most was not, nobody's talking about Slamarcus Joyner, DB from the Rams. Their, 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 their backfield was really rough last year. Uh, I, they did not get my number one, and they didn't get my number one because of Trent Brown. Now, as a hardcore Patriots fan, I watched Trent Brown step in for uh, the young man that they drafted last year, Win, who tore his Achilles in the preseason. He stepped in, and he played phenomenal. They got him from the 49ers for a fifth-round draft pick because he'd been with the 49ers for three years, I think, and had not panned out. And everybody could not get over how good Trent Brown was at his position last year. Some people argue with me. I think one of the top five positions on a football team is your left guard or your right guard, depending on if your quarterback's right-handed or left-handed. Agreed. Trent Brown covered Tom Brady's blindside last year like a monster. But the New England offense is not the Oakland offense. Tom Brady dropped – he threw that ball most of the time under two and a half seconds last year. That is not John Gruden's offense. Right. A five-step, a seven-step drop. We've watched Trent Brown not be able to block those guys in the San Francisco offense before they got rid of him. I think that four years at $55 million, I think you're going to be in trouble come game six or game seven because I don't think this guy can do it. Hopefully he learned a lot from Dante Dante Skarnicki up in in New England. Right. Uh, Let's see. Trent – um, Trent Brown is the reason they did not get my number one. Right. Fair enough. Um, my number two, again, pardon the pun, is Cleveland. And I know we've already <laughs> touched on them, so I'll just I'll just rush through this. Real no, go quick. through. Go for it. We're not long like we were last um, week. Well, I mean, we're long, but you know, not like last week. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, Odell Beckham is what he is. And my biggest thing with Odell Beckham, just like Antonio Brown, we'll see. Yes. They've proved they're phenomenal athletes. He's a great receiver. Um, we'll see. We'll see how how long until Odell Beckham's not happy with something uh, Baker Mayfield does. And 
to touch on what you said already about Cleveland, Odell Beckham's not coming into a situation where it's his team. This is Od- this is Baker Mayfield's team, without a doubt. He's already I established hope it that. that way. That is his team, top to bottom, and I think it's already established. And I hope it plays out that way because this kid's fun to watch. He is a blast to watch. Um, Kareem Hunt, like like we already said, he's out for the first half of the season, so really not that big of a factor. And the thing about Cleveland is they went from zero and sixteen. Two years ago? One year ago? How long ago was it? Uh, last year, it was three years ago they were 0-16. Okay, 0-16. This year now, based on four days. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. They went 1-15, then 0-16. Right. So they were bad. Duh. They're, I mean, it's hard to say this, but they were worse than what Detroit. What are you talking about? 1940s? Okay. Yeah. Worse than Detroit. That that takes some effort. Dude, seriously. So don't, now, don't nuts. So now, they're the favorites to win the AFC North. When's the last time you heard that the Browns that didn't have Bernie Kosar as a quarterback were the favorite to win the AFC North? Yeah, you're right. And you can argue that fact that, yes, they should, based on the talent they have, again, here's that phrase, on paper, should win the AFC North. To touch on that, though, the AFC North, what a hodgepodge of shit. We don't know what's going to happen with the Steelers. We have no idea how they're going to perform now. They're the wild card. The Ravens legitimately lost... We didn't address this. Earl Thomas to the Ravens was a great pickup. Good pickup, but, you but not, literally lost not enough the to put the top middle five. of your defense. Right. You, they lost all three of their linebackers. And I think Lamar Jackson is an unbelievable talent. Let's see if they can throw the ball at all. The Bengals, I'm sorry, tire fire. Let, let's not even go. There. Tire fire. So the Browns, yes, favorites in the AFC North. I can I can get on board with that. But if you take the four divisions across the board, where do they rank with the four winners? That's what concerns me about the Browns. I want them to be good. And here's but. and here's the biggest key for me for Cleveland. If they're going to win that division, it's going to be based on one thing: do they gel as a team throughout the year with all these new athletes, with all yeah. these new egos? Right. Hopefully, I honestly screw Cincinnati anymore. I'm kind of hoping this team does it because they're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and they're making moves. At least the front office of the Cleveland Browns is making an effort to get better. Yeah. And with what they've done, they they are. They're they're putting all eggs in a basket, and yeah. they're hoping to win now. And I commend that in the NFL because there's a lot of teams, well, both teams that I like that don't do that. And I neglected to mention that one of the reasons that I had Packers at four mm-hmm. was because for the first time in how long they actually did something in free agency. Right. You know, they've, they've been one of those teams that builds through the well, draft. It's kind of one of those teams that – didn't really have to in the past because they had so much talent. So now much they have to. Talent. Yeah, right, they do because exactly. you know what? They blew last year. They, yeah. You know, everybody's like, oh, the Packers are playing. I'm like, eh. And I think a lot of people could say that's because of Aaron Rodgers' ego that has caused a lot of distractions on that team. But we'll see what happens this year now that that's been removed. Yeah. So that brings you. us to number one. My number one. Who you got? Um, Yo, yo, yo. I got the 49ers at number one. What? I picked the 49ers. Did Joe Montana come back? Well, yeah, but he did, but he's playing for the Chiefs. Oh, okay, here's why I went with the 49ers. All right. um, I think the 49ers suffered last year from a couple of things. Number one was obviously when you don't have your starting quarterback, that hurts. Right. Okay, let's see if Jimmy G uh, can come back. But check this out. They went out and they signed a first-round pick who has been nothing but solid for the San Francisco or for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. We're going I you know what my the rest of my life I'm going to call them San it's, Diego Chargers. It's going to so take hard. a couple yeah. years. They signed Jason Verrett at defensive back. So so anytime you have a shutdown corner 
or at least a solid top 10 corner, you're good. But then they also went out and they traded for D Ford, who was going to be franchised. So now you have a, a legitimate pass rushing tight end or a defensive end sitting next to your number one pick two years ago at defensive tackle in Solomon Thomas. Now you got some now you got some bulk on the front line. Then you went and got Quan Alexander, who when you're healthy is probably one of the top five outside linebackers in the NFL. He knows how to blitz, he knows how to cover, he knows how to tackle. That's just the defense. On the offense, they went out and they got Jordan Matthews, who's not a speedster, but he's a big boy, 6'4", 6'3". He's right. a legitimate target for Jimmy G to hit, Yep. a lot like some of the guys he had in New England. And you got Tevin Coleman. And I think that's where the 49ers really sucked last year was their running backs. They had Matt Breida. Um, the guy, they got the guy from uh, Minnesota. I, I'm blanking on his name right now. The, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> no. <laughs> See how I derailed that yeah. whole conversation yeah, yeah, you, you had did. going I on? I can't, he, was the, he was the scat back, the, the third down back that came out of Minnesota that they gave all that money for. I can't remember what his name was. It's not right. important. But he was gone by week two. He right. blew his ACL. You have Tevin Coleman, a running back who thrived under Shanahan when he was in, it, when he was in Atlanta. Right. You've got a guy that has legitimate two-gap, three-gap, long burst, two yards. He could catch the football. Um, that's that's what you have there. If you put that together with what you had last year, you had Kittle, who's probably legitimately one of the top deep threat tight ends in the NFL. You had a couple of solid t- uh, wide receivers. You get some offensive line help now, and you get a couple of more defensive players in the draft. I think that you can compete, especially in a division that's super weak. I, I think that I think the Seahawks are down this year. I think that the I think that the Cardinals are going to be as evidenced in my top five from the worst ever, supremely average right. again. And and the Rams, the Rams aren't going to be what they were. They haven't gone back and signed Sue. They lost uh, three players in the backfield. Uh, they lost one of their best offensive lost linemen. Lost a lot. Yeah, they lost a lot. So yep. they're going to have to they're going to have to recover. Plus, not to mention, looks to me like New England gave people the blueprint to shut down the Rams. So. That's why I went with them number one. I think that they have the ability to go from a four or five win team. If they play their cards right, they could be a, a legitimate second, second, fourth seed. Fair enough. What's that look for? So let's um let's segue then, shall we? Okay. How are you talking about a blueprint to shut down the Rams? Yeah. Do you know that the Patriots had made a comment about how they wanted to go back and look and see what to do to how to slow down the Rams? You yeah. know, do you know what team they looked up? The Lions? Let's go to my number one. Now, I'm going to preface this with saying I was not going to do this because I even messaged again my buddy Adam up at the Detroit Sports Podcast. I said, look, I feel horrible about this, but I'm doing everything I can to not get excited. And he, he texts me back and says, no, it's okay. So, Adam, I blame you, you dick. My number one is Detroit Lions. Now, in capital letters, I wrote down, as you can see, on paper – this you saw, means you saw paper wrong. So I thought it had two P's. <laughs> so, as of right now, what they've done, I think, greatly improves their team compared to again what, how you said it in the opening, in the beginning, where they stood last season, as opposed to where they are now. The caliber of players that they've added, I think, greatly reduces a shit show to a fuck fest. Let's just say that. 
they've added, I think, Trey Flowers. In a lot of articles that you read, he was considered the number one free agent on the list for the entire NFL, and they signed him, again, because of Patricia's ties to the Pats. Bob Quinn, um, Justin Coleman from the, from Seattle, I think, it really helps that secondary who needed help. I mean, you can only get by with one defensive back when you're in the NFL. Justin Coleman, yes, like you were saying before, he's he primarily plays a nickel, but that may change in Detroit. Who knows? We'll see. Amendola is not golden taint. Taint. I'm not saying that in any way, but Amendola still, say what you want, he's older. He can play the slot. He's a good receiver. He's still got wheels for a guy his age and will fill that need. And I think that evens out a very talented offense when you talk about receivers. Jesse James coming from – God, I hate Pittsburgh. I hate saying it, but I'm glad he's not with Pittsburgh anymore. This guy's like six foot seven, can run, but more importantly, he can still block. And that's something else Detroit has really lacked is their offensive line. And I've preached about this for years. Detroit has never committed to building a legitimate offensive line to protect Stafford, but this somewhat helps. But more importantly, it gives more receivers for him to throw to. Um, you know, Trey Flowers is another, the, the other big reason I like that is because it fills the void that Ziggy Ansah had, who was franchised, who was nothing more than a big sack of dog shit because he was hurt almost all the time. That was the big, he's a franchise player, but he's never on the field, but he was considered the franchise and I could not stand that. Yeah. So in the off season, based on this on paper, I thought the number one improved team was the Detroit Lions and Adam, I blame you. You being a Lions fan, I'm going to ask you this because I don't know the answer. Who is, in your mind, the emotional team leader on that football team? Let's go last year. You know the problem is, and again, that's something else that um, Adam on his show touches on all the time because he actually has press passes. He goes to the post game and he is part of the press there, technically. Stafford is the worst. He doesn't give any answers. He's just like, you know, we'll focus on next week, blah, blah, blah. It's the, There's no... Where you look at the comments that Baker Mayfield was making this past week, this guy's ready to go. Guns a-blazing. He's like, I'm ready to go right now. This is awesome. We've got a room full. Like, You don't have a lot of that in Detroit except for their defensive players. Their defensive players seem to be the most outspoken. Uh, you know, unless it's a guy leaving town. Well, outspoken and leadership are two different things. Who's, who's I, the team the re- leader? The reason I say that is because guys that seem to be more vocal – that care like you get a sense like you know what this guy gives a crap whether they win or not and you primarily hear most of that on the defensive side of the ball and to me that's great because I mean who doesn't love defensive football but well you said you you said the Super Bowl sucked I didn't say it sucked okay I just said it was low scoring and the reason boring the reason that I ask you that is I I considered putting the the Lions up in my top five I did not because of two reasons. The first one was, well, three reasons. The first one was um, Coleman. I think he's a great talent. Right. we got to find out if they're going to use him as a nickel or a number two. Without without a doubt. I'm, I agree. I'm not sure where he fits in there. I'm hoping he's a four-down back. I, I'm hoping he's on the field all four downs. Let's hope that Mike Patricia's, Matt Patricia's, uh, defensive genius brings him into this genius i got air quotes there because yeah. we don't know if it's him or belichick on paper on paper if that if he knows how to use him properly uh the second one is uh, danny amendola i think danny amendola is a very good very good football player uh obviously being a patriots fan uh he's got a couple super bowl rings there and everything the thing that scares me about amendola was what they paid for one year and and his his health 
He's hurt a lot. The third one was Trey Flowers. Even though he's very good at that position, how much was he a product of the New England defense? And and how much was he a product of the New England defense? And how much did they overpay for him? Right. I think they brought in people that they view as leaders, people that know the Patriot way, people that know what it means to be a team. And I think that's one of the things that, that Detroit needs a lot, and I hope it works out for them. Well, and quickly trying to wrap this up, because I know we're going a little bit longer today again, but you know we like what we talk about. One of the biggest underlying stories in the Detroit locker room, or in the press, I should say, for us fans last season and the off season, was how hard Patricia was running the team. Now, we both played, a lot of people that listen played, a lot of, almost everyone we know played football at some point in their lives, one point or another. To hear players complain about how hard your coach is running you, and I don't care what level you play at, I'm sorry, kiss my ass. If you're running too hard and you think you're... Kiss his ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. If you're pissed because a coach is running you too hard, the coach is running you hard because he cares and he wants to win. And that's a problem in the perception in Detroit is Detroit does not care about winning, and that all starts with the crypt keeper up in the penthouse, Martha Ford. I When I heard that, I'm like, then these players need to go because if they're being – if their thoughts is they're being run too hard, then you don't want to win because if you want that ultimate prize, which everyone knows is the Super Bowl trophy, you should be willing to do anything you can in your God-given ability – in the time that you have to play this game that you're paid millions for to do to win at all costs, yeah, physically, and mentally, classroom time, whatever it may be, win, just win. In a situation where your your union uh, bylaws now actually limit the amount of hours that you're allowed to be in pads and how many hours you're allowed to be on the field, you don't practice on Mondays, you don't you, you walk right. through on Fridays, you don't do anything on Saturdays. Yeah, Knowing yeah, damn I well agree. that the best players in that league put in more time than the other ones to get to the yeah. level that they're at. And that's the problem that I have with the NFL. That's yeah, all I got. My I number one was Detroit yeah. on paper. On paper. We'll see how it works out. We'll see we'll how see. it works out. In like what, half a year? Uh, it'll be here before you know it, brother. It's okay. It'll Hockey playoffs is coming up. Hockey playoffs are starting. Hockey playoffs Real are go, soon. Go lightning. Yeah. What happened with those Red Wings this week, buddy? Why not you eat a dick, Greg? Because <laughs> I've been doing that for 46 years and I'm tired of it. <sighs> That's all right. My wings will be back. Don't you worry. I know they will, and I hope they are because I like the Red Wings too. Stevie Wise coming home next year. <laughs> Worst kept secret in the NHL, right, Richard? Worst kept secret in the NHL. Yep. I think that pretty much does it for this week. Um, we, we Again, we invite you to come to our Facebook page. Please be a part of the conversation. Uh, post up Top 5 for Fighting. We are on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We are on the Podomatic app. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you don't want to hear. Tell us how you feel about what Comment. we're Comment. If you got suggestions yeah, for a top live list, make suggestions. Any Anything you got. And you want nothing, to talk about something, we'll talk about it. Nothing's off limits. We've got some crazy, goofy, weird top five lists that we're going to do. Unfortunately, we started this at a time where some stuff was happening, like Captain Marvel and the free agency and the NFL. We got some stuff that's not going to be sports-related. Um, we got some stuff that's not even going to be human-related. Here's so. the biggest thing I want comments on. You have not watched Game of Thrones yet, and it is killing me every single day. I have not watched Game of Thrones. You're right. Because I'm right. telling you, when it show starts, we're talking about it, so you better be caught up. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to do my best. I'm sorry that I have an actual job with a real life. Remember Yoda, but... right? Do or do not. There is no try. Oh, then I'm not going to try. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. 
All right. Thank you very much. We're Top 5 for Fighting. I'm Greg. I'm Mike. We appreciate you tuning in and giving us time out of your lives. Have a safe St. Patty's Day. Talk to you next week. If you keep listening, we'll keep talking. Or we're going to talk regardless. I need the same, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Run! Go! Get to the chopper!